You're listening to The Brand Compass, conversations to navigate your way to building a brand fit for purpose and poised for success. Here's your host, Shelley Rosland. Hello, my friend. Welcome back. How are you doing? It's so lovely that you're joining me once again. Thank you so much for your loyalty. You really helped me to show up and make sure I have something worthwhile for you to listen to. So thank you for holding me accountable. I'm so excited to get into today's topic because it's going to be a little like going down memory lane for me. In my past life, I was a franchise consultant. I used to work with small business owners who were wanting to grow their business and use what's called a structured business format model. And my specific focus was franchising, which is one of the most structured on the sliding scale. And others you might recognize are things like licensing or distribution. So you may be wondering, okay, Shirley, that's really lovely, but why do I need to listen to this episode today? So stay with me, here's the context. When you work on your brand strategy, and you will know this by now, if you're a regular listener, you'll work on four big areas, and that's purpose, personality, proposition, and experience, or brand presence, as I like to call it. In today's episode, we're going to touch on two of those areas, purpose and proposition. We're going to dig a bit into why it's important to choose how you want your working life to look alongside how you design your business to function. So today I've invited one of my lovely business friends to come and join me to share what her business looks like on the inside and share her journey in growing her micro business through franchising. So let me introduce her to you now. Susie Sanders is a business owner, author, speaker, and professional coach. She founded her virtual assistant business in 2016, and four years later, she grew the business through franchising. And at the time of recording, she's got six franchisees across the UK supporting a thriving global client base. Susie has been featured on the BBC, Huffington Post, and PA Life, sharing her finely tuned approach of putting the strength of collaboration and community at the heart of business. She emphasizes that business success is not always about more money, but rather about more kindness, integrity, impact, empowerment, and adventure. Lots of core values sitting in there. Susie is married to Paul, who works with her in the business, and they have two young children, and they live just down the road from me in Northampton in the UK. Welcome, Susie. Yay. Oh, thank you, Shelley. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm, I'm very grateful for this opportunity to talk and dive into all those juicy topics. Yes, very juicy, very juicy. So normally, I mean, we met, gosh, oh, goodness me. I was trying to, trying to think now, Susie, because it was before we started franchising. So I think it was about five years ago. So it was about two children and six franchisees ago right? (laughs) And normally I would get a guest at the end of an episode to actually talk about what their working lifestyle was like before they got into the business that they're in. But today is a very different episode, right? So I think what we should probably do to, to kick off the conversation is ask you to describe what your freelancer life was like when you first started out as a virtual assistant? Wow. Yes. I mean, it feels like <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago. I've definitely aged significantly. But I think when I first 
started dipping my toe into self-employment, life, the reasons why I was looking for self-employment and I jumped into kind of set up as a freelance VA, the reasons behind that were were for a better life and more balance and I just had my first baby and you know it was a big monumental shift so life back then was very pressured in time in terms of time and resource and I was chasing the dream but I also had a young baby and I don't think I was a bit naive about how it would all how hard it would all be so life was very different back then in many many ways and it, do you know, I'm dropping into processing mode a little bit, just thinking because I've not actually had the opportunity to stop and think what life was like back then. And it's so different now. And I think time's an interesting concept, isn't it, when you're a business owner? Yes. So you must have gotten to a point, though, like, yes, we're chasing the dream when we first go self-employed. So for you, that was as a freelance VA, right? But you must have gotten to a point where, you know, demand was increasing and then you had to start making some executive decisions if you like about what the heck to do so like walk me through you know what did your head look like and how did it sat you like how were the different Susie voices sounding in your head at that point how what did you do great question so yeah I got I was lucky I was fortunate however you want to dress it up I did get overwhelmed really quickly with workflow I was attracting a lot of opportunities, a lot of good opportunities. And I'm really fortunate in that way. And it all kind of happened a lot quicker. And I got stuck in the delivery because that's why I I, I wanted to go freelance. And I wanted to do the delivery and make an impact and serve my clients. And I remember feeling very fulfilled in that sense. And I had, you know, I could see the money coming in. I could see the, I could see the growth, but then there was also this story and this internal record that kept looping around of like oh my god there's so much to do what I'm spending all my energy in other people's businesses and mine is an absolute joke and when my husband came on board to help me that was like (laughs) little things like Susie you've sent 50 invoices with the same invoice number and how are you doing this and you know my business is just completely dropped and and I think I'd learned from the time crumbling in the background yeah, I'm playing in the background. And meantime, I've still got a young baby who didn't sleep. And, um, you know, I, I got overwhelmed very quickly. But I also had the realisation probably spurred on from the relationships that I had with my clients that actually this was a business. This wasn't going to be just I wanted to grow. I wanted to grow in every sense. So whilst that overwhelm happened really quickly, that definitely helped me focus and start those, that's that questioning of like, actually, how am I going to make a big impact with this? How can I, how can I, how can I grow this in every sense? And those kind of stories started coming up quite early on. I think I'd already, already had those threads of, yeah, there's something here. How can, how can I take the world on with it, you know? Yeah, and I think I'm hearing a little bit there what the overwhelm helped to trigger was almost that mindset shift or that flick of that mindset going, oh, I'm not actually a contractor because I see quite a few virtual assistants. It's a very big growing space, right? And especially now after the pandemic, it must be exploding even more where businesses that were very old and traditional in the past and never even considered having remote working teams. Now there's much more openness to those conversations. But what most virtual assistants end up falling into the trap of 
is actually just swapping one boss for like <laughs> six or seven or ten bosses, which is not the most efficient way to work and it's draining. And you've you found that luckily for you, you found that very quickly. So the other thing I was also hearing there from your story was clearly there was a demand and a need, and clearly people were liking what you were serving. So growing is a really weird very weird and personalized experience, isn't it? And I find like for different businesses or, or different entrepreneurs that you speak to, it feels like a very different animal, no matter who you speak to. So what did, what did growth really mean to you? How did you define growth? So, cause you had that, you know, that's kind of click in your head going, mm, I'm not just a contractor here. I'm a business. How did you, you know, what did that look, what did you want it to look like? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so much there. You're absolutely right. There's the VA space is is just. I'm so sorry, <laughs> and it's a hugely positive thing. And and I think I'm going to go off on a tangent and probably forget your question now. But I think those points you've just raised are are so significant because. I, I realized quite quickly that I had created a really bad job for myself. <laughs> you know, I had left, I'd gone through that leap, um, the exactly. emotional, the, the practical, financial of, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm going self-employed. And then I realized I'd created a really bad job for myself. And and that's really common, isn't it? It's not just a VA thing. That's that's something that I think is part of that journey. So No, it's not just virtual assistant. <laughs> Not exclusively. Yeah. And for service providers, I would say that that is something that most service providers, so I will say mm. that to anybody listening who isn't necessarily mm. a VA, it's not just a VA thing. It's actually more about being in service. This is very yeah. common. Absolutely. And when you're coming from a place of purpose and um, it, it, it's it's a really tricky beast. So I think my partner, business partner, and my husband, Paul, has been was been a really significant part of defining that growth we kind of started that process together and some people say to me you know I know (laughs) how do you work with your husband I think we've had this conversation at some point in the past and it's yes because for everybody listening I do too (laughs) (laughs) it's not for everyone he definitely gets a lot more uh pressure and slack than I do but we have clearly defined responsibilities we have really contrasting and complementing skill sets so we kind of started that journey as a team we kind of sat down started with us and the family and 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 that was the reason for the business we wanted the the freedom and the fulfillment and the flexibility for us as a family and then when those realizations and those trigger points happened like oh okay this is a business the shifting the, the focus that Paul helped me open up to and and again through the support that we'd had and the connections that we had our thinking then opened up to actually how can we how can we do this for other families in the sense of the the franchise model that we have now but also a lot of our clients are driven by the same things as us and they they want more freedom so we were we, we kind of opened up our thinking through starting with us but realizing we weren't alone and all the emotions and the challenges that we were going in, we can we can leverage that. So we did start with us, um, and Paul definitely helped me with that. But you know, when you've got a young family, no days the same. There's no you have to be quite. We found we had to be quite fluid in in what growth looked like. But I think the key thing is we took the time to challenge each other and ask those questions. 
And that's the that's the reason why Paul joined the business, because I realized he wanted the same thing as me and he'd missed such a big part of our, our first baby being a baby because he was away working in a really horrible office and he wanted to be around more. So we started with us. Yeah, yeah. The thing with franchising is, isn't it? It is a beast, number one. We know it's a beast. So it's not necessarily the easiest way to growth, but it is one of the smartest ways to grow. Potent, particularly if you don't have a huge amount of investment or capital to put into something. You know, we aren't bigger businesses where we got a loaded cash where we can go, oh, let's just buy a competitor. Let's buy an existing database. Let's buy an existing team. You can do that with franchising. But actually, that's why franchising works so well for smaller businesses, doesn't it? Because you can build from the inside out. You and I have the same ethos around franchising, and it's probably one of the reasons why I got out of franchising, (laughs) is that you have to prove that it works. You have to prove Mm -hmm. the model, you know, and unfortunately in the UK, so anybody who's listening in the US, this is different for you, but in the UK, it's not regulated. It's not, you know, we don't have law. We don't have franchise law. So it's kind of pulling bits and pieces from competition law and things like that. So it's really difficult as a franchisor to know, okay, well, what's the right path, isn't it? So I think what I love about what you and Paul did is you did start inward and go, okay, what's true for us? You know, clearly we're onto something good because there's, there's way, there's a lot of demand going on here. People need what we have. But actually, how can we be smart about how we structure that? And actually, if we monitored that and proved that, we could teach that to somebody else. Yes, and that's it. And and it's interesting because there was great resistance from me when when we were looking at our options and we were looking at, you know, do we become a training school? Do we do the membership model? We were looking at all of our options. And Paul kept saying to me, I think this could be the avenue. I think franchising. I was like, no. No way. I wouldn't even entertain it because my perception of franchising was perhaps yes. not truthful. Not great. But my perception was it's big corporate, it's McDonald's, it's this, it's this, it's pyramid schemes. You know, it was quite a negative perception. Ah, gotcha. So when, when it okay. first came up, gotcha. I was like, no, I'm not interested. So the ball kept kind of tripping away and and actually as i i gave myself the opportunity to educate myself on like you say it is very different i'm not an international franchising expert by any means but the people that i've had the pleasure of connecting with and the experiences that i've i've had speaking to other franchisors speaking to franchisees a really broad spectrum of experience and and each franchise in itself is is so unique. I mean, we're not the only virtual assistant franchise in the UK, but but I believe the no. way we operate is unique. So even just labeling it a franchise still doesn't necessarily allow for what it really truly is. And 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 that's the realization that I came to without being too fluffy. For me, our franchise model is about it is about sharing and nurturing and guiding and it's a bit like a weird marriage thing isn't it it's like for better or worse we're going to make this work it is proven you've got to do the work and i'm going to support you yeah it's very much a long-term it's a long-term model but i think the thing that's nice like i said you guys started from the inside out and you you went the right route to franchising so that 
you actually did look at your structures. You looked at your systems and thought, okay, if we got smarter about how we're actually managing what we're doing, because clearly there's a demand. So let's get better at servicing that demand, but we could teach this to someone else. The challenge with franchising is that your job then changes, Susie Sanders. You are no longer this lovely, nurturing, serving doer anymore, which gave you like a lot of joy and self-fulfillment. Your job changes. So much like any other business model, when you grow your business, you end up, you know, you move up that little tree and your job changes. So give us a little bit of insight, like, how that changed for you and actually how did you make it yours so that you still felt like this was still your baby you were still ticking some of your joy boxes i know you've now moved into professional coaching as well which is for me is a natural progression anyway because you've now got these you know these chicks that have come into the nest and you've got to look after them so talk me through that what does it feel like now but i'm i've got a massive grin on my face then because yeah it's a journey it's a journey isn't it full disclosure i'm still figuring it out but yes i job changed yeah my mindset on it my approach with it was and is with business i don't think you ever arrive and you've got to just get comfortable with being uncomfortable and embrace that change so for me i did get a new job and that was great and i've got loads of opportunities to learn and grow and expand and do it with other people so my view actually whilst i am the founder of alchemy i very much work for our franchise network they're they're the people that hold me accountable they're the people that i i show up every day for you know um so that's that's kind of one way that i've looked at it and that drives me to be my best but actually um it had definitely highlighted some blind spots that i had as a business leader and again that's not an easy thing when you're like oh okay this is hard and this is why um so it's been very emotionally volatile and i think probably the hardest let's not fall apart and cry (laughs) no no holding it together today um but i think actually the letting go had been a (laughs) massive thing for me because you know we were like one one my logical commercial mind was like yeah we're going to franchise we're going to scale it's going to be sustainable it's going to be organic it's long we're in you know this is the long game for us we want the right people and we're going to take the world on eventually in our own time. But then emotionally, I was like, you know, I started the business when my baby was very little. And I think motherhood changes you, understatement of the year. But I very much kind of tried, to, I'd formed my new identity <laughs> on this business. So as my baby was growing and the business was growing, I suddenly found like I'd got this really like, aggy teenager of a business almost you know I was like oh okay I've got to learn to let go because I can't control whilst you know all the work we've done and and alchemy will always be my second baby but I had to learn to let go and trust other people to follow the process to do the things that they were outlined and committed to do so I think that journey I've personally found really difficult and I'm still on that I don't know if the balance is quite right, but I'm still on that journey for sure. I think what I like though, Susie, is that you did identify that and you just knew that your role had to change. I think the the worst thing that can happen in a franchise business is where the franchisor does not let go. And I have seen the cases where you end up almost in a a parent-child relationship with the franchisor (laughs) because they won't let go. The franchisor doesn't want to let go and they still want to be 
going, well, you don't know anything, franchisee. I'm going to just keep, you know. And I've seen it in franchises that were very well established. Like the franchisees mm-hmm. had been in for like 10, 15, 20 years. And it was like, no, 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 no. These guys are now mature. Like you say, they've gone from baby mm-hmm. to teenager. As a franchisee, they'll end up going through those same phases mm-hmm. as well. So I think what's really nice is you, you recognize that your role had to change. Yeah in order to let go because actually bringing in these new people they're gonna you know they're gonna need the hand holding for a period of time but i mean you've chosen some whoppers as your franchisees that are you know these have got fire in their bellies kind of people who want to be the part of they want to be your partners don't you you know that's why you've been so good with your recruitment you know Thank you. Thank you. That means <laughs> so a lot. they're going to challenge you. <laughs> uh, this is it. I mean, this is it, isn't it? It's, 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 I personally find the dynamic and um, between the franchise or the franchisee, the whole environment, I find really, really fascinating because, you know, you're so kind. We, ha- I, I feel incredibly fortunate of the, the caliber and the quality and the passion that we have in our franchisees. And they're, business women in their own right they've got that grit and that grace and they've got that hunger to create a business for themselves but they're not doing it alone and it's a really interesting dynamic isn't it because i you know i have i have to remind myself i'm not their boss they haven't got to answer to me but they have got to do this 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 and this and it's i just find that relationship really interesting and and my coaching, um, which is more recent thing, started as you've kind of really kindly picked up that it's something that I've always wanted to do for myself anyway. And I found that I, I we're very heavily invested in our franchisees. So we, I do mentor and we do a lot of professional and personal development within the franchise network. So the coaching was going to be an add-on, but actually that's another journey that I've started because when I started my studies, I realised that actually it wasn't all about the business. It's about the undercurrents, the feelings and things that I've had so many massive realizations through my studies that that's then made me want to, to pick that up as a new thing because clearly I can't sit still. <laughs> no, but also um, you also realize you needed another bunch of tools to put in your toolkit in order if you wanted to go that route. I think you, mm-hmm. you wanted to genuinely be a professional coach. You didn't be wanted to be another person who added that label because there's too many of those because we are talking about another unregulated industry, right? <laughs> you like to pick the unregulated yeah. industries. <laughs> so I think, oh gosh, we've covered quite a bit there. So I think there's one element, I think for the people that are listening at the moment, if you had to sell the concept of bearing in mind you are a micro business, so most, most people listening are micro businesses either they're solo they've started to work with some freelancers or they've started to bring on their first or second employee so they're all under 10 employees as far as i know what would your advice be for for people that are in that kind of um, business journey at the moment and they're tackling this whole thing about growth what would your biggest tip of advice be to kind of flip that mindset switch and then if you want to sell the idea of franchising if you want to you could kind of maybe give one or two things that you think franchising has given you that you 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 thought are magical and you're so glad that you chose that as your growth route oh okay so a couple of things that i think i think my advice would be around finding harmony in the advice that you take 
which I know is kind of probably a bit of a, a, a bit of a contradiction there, but I think we're so in the digital age that we live in, there's an expert for everything, there's an advice for everything, there's a person for everything, and there's opinions everywhere. And I think my advice, which I do offer to myself quite often, is to make sure that I'm checking in with myself about what is true for me. I'm taking on board what everyone's telling me, what the experts are saying, because it's all valid. But I am also making sure it's true to me and I'm not getting swept up in opinion. I think that would probably probably be the advice for anyone that wanted to receive that. And I don't want to sell franchising because... It's not for everyone. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still unsure if it's for me. No, I'm joking. It's not for everyone. I've, but some of the things that I have found from it personally, it's about finding your own path, isn't it? And for me, the route that we chose with franchising gave me the opportunity to make a really big impact and to a lot of people. And that's why people start businesses, in my view anyway, in my experience, you start a business to make a difference. And franchising actually made, I'm a freelance VA, actually to to look at such a a, a vast, abundant opportunity, potentially. So it definitely shifted my thinking and gave me a huge, huge opportunity for growth, more connections, learning, and to be able to work alongside the most amazing people and and that's within the business to have somebody out there with your business baby proudly embodying it and changing their family's lives I mean I've got goosebumps I've got goosebumps that's what it's about and for me personally franchising has given me that <laughs> but that's not everyone's journey and that's not everyone's story and and that's okay yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think I think it's just nice to try and have good stories out there about franchising as well, because I actually think it's an incredibly smart way to do things. It's not the easiest way, but it is an incredibly smart way. And in particularly, like you said, if you want to make a bigger impact, but you also want to do it in a sustainable way and you're in it for the long term, you're not in it just to make the short term yeah. cash. I think you are right. One thing I want you to do just before we close out is I want you to think about early Susie in 2016 and think what would today, Susie, what would you say today to early Susie that maybe would have helped her navigate her way a little bit easier when she went self-employed for the first time? Oh, Shelley, thank you. Again, a beautiful opportunity for reflection because I don't think young Susie would recognise old Susie. (laughs) Current, present Susie. And I think it would be trust, which is a tricky beast. I think I would tell young Susie to trust herself, to trust her ability to learn and grow and evolve and to trust the timing of it all because... You're right. I think actually franchising my business has been the hardest thing I have ever done. And I'm still not in a position where I feel like I'm there, you know. And um, but I think leaning into that trust, finding that place between discipline, surrender and momentum and just trusting myself to make the right decision, because the world wants you to doubt yourself quite a lot sometimes. And we think we're, as business people, we're very good at questioning and analyzing and 
and and I think that would it would definitely be about trust and um and enjoying the process as well I could have definitely done that more instead of like stressing oh, out beautiful so I love that <laughs> No, I think that's I think that's a beautiful bit of advice to give your previous self. And also you mentioned very flippantly their timing because um I know I've had previous conversations with guests on the on the show where they've gone, Oh, I didn't have to become a huge success in six months. Actually, this kind of stuff takes time. You know, you, you mm-hmm. can only really look at yourself over, you know, especially as a startup is when you get to like the three year mark, which is kind of where you got to when you then started to make your decision about franchising. So give yourself time. Yes, yes. And I have also had another baby uh, in the process as well. So for, for me to be able to have had maternity leave employed and then to have had some time out to look after my baby supported by my business was that gave me such a great reflection opportunity and to be able to have had the time to be with my family that's what my business was all about in those early days anyway and that's what it's about now so yeah give yourself time and that's something that no one else can judge either is it no it's not oh Susie thank you so much for this conversation we need to wrap up the episode but I reckon we could probably dig into something else that we could probably fall into another episode (laughs) so if anybody wanted to find out about Alchemy VA your franchise offer and find out maybe how to work with you what's the best place for them to do that oh thank you yes probably the best uh, place is our website all the other links and information stuff's on there and that's alchemyva.co.uk all right, and I'll pop everything in the show notes anyways. So, and also you're on socials and that. So I'll put all of that um, in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me for the conversation and sharing the, the inner workings of your decision-making, the moves you've made in growing your business. You, you are genuinely a light in our business community and anyone who actually gets to physically meet you really gets to experience your brand values really loudly and clearly. In the business world and the franchise sector are just lucky to have your genius. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shelley. The, the love is very much mutual. Thank you. And that's it for this episode today, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Did that help you to see that growth doesn't have to be one way? It doesn't have to mean more. It can actually mean better. I love that Susie's growth journey is very intimate. It's personal and it's almost soulful. She's carefully chosen the route to growth that suits what she wants for her ideal working lifestyle. She is very clearly a strong business owner who has clearly identified her strengths and also how to pick the right partners to help her grow her business and stay true to her brand's core values. Who do you know who could do with hearing Susie's story? Share this episode, you know you want to. Until then, stay strong, believe you have value and make good brand decisions. Thank you for listening to The Brand Compass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your entrepreneurial friends and help them make good brand decisions. Until next time, let's keep the conversation going at ShellyRosland.com.